All right, so here's our morning confessions. Uh, Father, I thank you in advance that I will be changed by my time spent in worship and in the Word this morning. I am a believer and not a doubter. Therefore, all things are possible for me. I recognize that it's not by my might, nor by my power, but by your Spirit working mightily in me, which I overcome any adversity I may face on our journey. I am not afraid of what sickness can do to me, because by your stripes I am healed. I'm not afraid of financial lack. Because all my needs are met according to your riches and glory. Therefore, I live out of your pockets. Let's do that one again. Back that thing up. Uh, I live out of your pockets. I live out of your pockets. I live out of your pockets. And not mine. So I am not afraid. To take on any project, to go anywhere, to do anything, to spend whatever I have to, to spend whatever it costs, because I live out of your pockets and not mine. So it's not about my bank account. I can believe you that you will drop whatever cash that I need. For whatever project that we're working on, whether it's hundreds, whether it's thousands, whether it's tens of thousands, whether it's hundreds of thousands, whether it's millions, I live out of your pockets and not mine. So I don't have to worry about it. It ain't my money anyway. Hallelujah! Go to the next slide. And I cannot be overcome by depression because you have gifted me with your peace that passes all understanding and you won't take it back. I am an overcomer because you overcame. And I cannot be stopped. And I won't be stopped. I love you, Lord, because you're a good, good father. Give a shout. Shout, you can sit down and then we'll, we'll roll. Listen, we do, we, you do the confession. You have to talk to yourself. Sometimes yourself get out of line and you have to get yourself back in line and that's one of the ways you do it. Okay, so this morning's uh, message is entitled, How to Possess Your Vessel. How to Possess Your Vessel. We learned last week that you need to possess your vessel. So this morning we're going to talk about, we're going to begin to talk about how to possess your vessel. Amen. All right. So we'll do a, a small recap of last week, but uh, I'm going to add this before we go into to that. Uh, Proverbs 15, 21, it says this, and Lord, we just thank you that you're here with us. We thank you, God, that you take us on this journey, that Lord, that hearts be open, God, that you speak to me and uh, let me deliver the way you want me to do that. Yes. 
And we just thank you, God, that we won't leave these words nor this experience on the pew, but we will take it out of here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so again, uh, let's, Proverbs fifteen twenty one. it says this. It says, folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom. But a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom. Two words in there we want to take a look at. Uh, one of them is the word folly. I like some of these old words. That's the joy of, man, getting older. You know, I'm saying when you get older, you can say stuff to people and not have to apologize to them. You know, some of these old preachers, but they'll tell you anything. They'll just say some stuff to you. Young man, you're full, of, you're full of folly. You're a loafer, son. You know, you can say that when you get old. Just tell people that, and they can't do nothing. Number one, they don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and number two, they don't feel like they can say nothing back to you because you're old. All right, so folly is foolishness, right? Foolishness, or, or foolishness or folly is foolishness, uh, or, hold on a second, I got the wrong thing. Let me read one. Let me go on off my notes. Folly or foolishness is a joy to them that is destitute or lacking poverty stricken of wisdom. So foolishness, is, that's what folly is all about. You're being foolish. You're being a fool, right? And I don't have to tell you what foolishness is. All right, everybody understands what foolishness is. Foolishness is just you doing stuff ain't making no sense, right? But but the thing about when most of the time when somebody's being foolish, they don't know that they're being foolish. But then I can't make an excuse for some of y'all because some of you know that you're being foolish, but you just want to do that, right? So, but it says that foolishness is a joy to him that is destitute, and destitute means lacking or poverty stricken of wisdom. Now, it's one thing to not have wisdom, but it's a whole different thing to be poverty stricken of wisdom. That means you broke of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Now you broke of cash, you broke of wisdom. That's saying a lot, right? We may all say that we know someone who's, uh, we could categorize as a fool, right? And we've all done some foolish things in the past. Uh, Some of us in the not so distant past, we've done foolish things, right? Folly, (laughs) folks are bound in folly. Some folks are bound in foolishness. There's a real devil, and you're running around playing games, being a sneaky Christian. Right? Uh, And folks have devils keeping them in bondage. So some of us are running around being sneaky Christians. Right? Sneaky Christian, and so sneaky Christian does whatever they think they can get away with, and nobody else is looking at them. Right? So I want you to understand, you can dig a hole, you can buy the best, all well digging equipment, and dig a hole as deep as the machinery will take you, climb down that hole and throw a black sheet over yourself, and God will still tell you, I can see you. (laughs) Right? So God can still see you no matter where you are, what you're doing, how you hide. I don't care if nobody else is around. God can see you. Right? So it's foolishness, that's big foolishness, to think that God can't see you when you're doing something wrong. Right? So understand this. We running around playing games, trying to hide our sin from God. Right? And and doing and being foolish Christians. But I want you to understand something. If you don't, we don't have time to be foolish Christians. No, sir. Because there is a real devil. Right? Uh, I was having a conversation with someone this week, and we were talking about that. We, and we talked a little bit about demonic possession. 
Now, sometimes you, you, you watch this stuff and we see Hollywood has, has really messed us up. I, like I said last week, ain't nobody really scared of nothing no more. Because you got movies of dudes climbing walls and the head spinning around backwards and all that kind of stuff. And they got real ugly makeup on. And so you're going to, I want to go watch the horror movie, right? Because you think it's just a movie. But I have seen people that were really demon possessed. You say, oh, pastor, that's not true. That's not real. Maybe they were just crazy. Now, you know, and sometimes there's a reason why folks is just crazy. And it's the devil, right? And so uh, I've seen it happen before. I mean, and, and listen, everybody in here, don't be, you know, you know, some of us don't want to think about demonic possession because you get scared, right? And I heard a preacher say one time uh, uh, that, that demons, we don't have to be worried about demons. How did the preacher say it? He said, demons is not a problem. Diphtheria may be an issue, but demons, we don't have to worry about that, right? Because God's given us dominion over demonic powers, right? And this is real, man. I don't care what Hollywood teaches you, it's real. People are stuck in bondage. Now, there's different type of bondage. We're not just talking, we, most of us seen the commercial for the Exorcist film and, you know, the chicks throwing up and do all that kind of stuff. Man, listen, it don't have to be to that point. That's obvious demonic possession. But there's other stuff that can be going on that have people stuck in a habit. Yeah. Right? Stuck in a habit that you're doing, and it can be demonic possession, right? Uh, it don't have to be. Listen, you say, well, is that me? You know? <laughs> Man, it, it, it probably not. Right? I, you would most likely know. Because in most cases, you know, the stuff people, I, almost any time I've spoke to someone, prayed for somebody that uh, had this going on, they would tell me, hey, look, I'm, I hear stuff. Somebody's telling me stuff. Right? Almost every time. Somebody's telling me stuff. They're telling me to do X. Telling me to do Y. Telling me to do Z. And and, and they got this real unrest. And, and at the point... The thing is actually trying to talk to them and, uh, you know, tell them to shut up or stop talking to me about it. Because they, they really don't want to hide, especially if they get around somebody that's annoying it. They don't want, the, they don't want the, the Jesus person to know that they're in there because just as you read in the Bible, you know, they, they would try to talk real bold to Jesus. You can't do nothing. And Jesus said, look at all y'all get out. Go in them pigs. And they went and ran out there and got drowned in the water, right? Because that's, that's the way the thing go. He said, I've given you power to trade over snakes and over scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. He told us to, uh, as disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, heal the sick, cast out the devils. He told us to do that. Now, if we believe in Jesus, Jesus spoke about casting out devils. It's got to be real, right? Got to be a real thing. And so um, I've had cases, and this ain't the message this morning. I just while I'm here, I'm going to talk about it for a second or two. I've had cases to where, um, I'm trying to think of I got three instances that really stand out in my mind, and I'm going to try to do them in order. The first one, the first one was an older lady, uh, the mother of somebody, of some friends of ours, and I don't know how she wound up at the church or whatever, but I don't know what she had going on, but I think that was a time that really, like, freaked me out, like, you know, really, like, freaked me out, because, and, and every time, well, the first, first two times, I was just like, I happened up on the situation. Because I was like, I wasn't knowing about it. And I was, you know, I was the youth pastor and the, the outreach pastor at the church. So I just happened up on the situation. I'm like, what's going on in here? What's, what's really going on? A lot of times you see me laugh about stuff. That's just how I am. It could be serious, but I laugh. You could be telling me some kind of serious problem. I may like kind of chuckle. It don't mean I'm taking your situation light. That's just how I am, right? Okay, so 
I go into the situation because it's like to me it's like ironic when I'm when I when I was laughing or something like that. It's ironic. That's interesting. And then the the, the, the I think the smirk part of uh, for me is that I know God can can whoop it, so it ain't that serious, right? So we go into the, the it was in the fellowship hall of the church over on Vickery at the Christian Life Center Church on Vickery, and so the the woman was there and. Uh, She's laying on her back on the floor, and the woman's like, I don't know, in her fifties or whatever, and she was a heavyset lady, right? And so, um, we've all seen gymnastics at the gym, you know, on, on, on the TV, and, uh, so this lady had, uh, she was on her back, but the only thing touching the ground was her heels and the back of her head. And she was about, I don't know, I don't want to exaggerate, maybe, what is that, about three, four inches? Three, four inches elevated off the ground, you know? Now, this lady wasn't no gymnast, and she wasn't in the kind of shape to be able to pull that off, right? Understand, she's laying on the ground, and her heels are touching the ground, her head's touching, but she got an arc that ain't on the ground, right? And so she's talking like the people on the movies, talking this demon, you know, this, talking like that, right? And so one of the, one of the, uh, the board members, uh, Brother Cooper's over there, and he's trying to pray for her. Right? He wants to pray for the lady. And so he's trying to pray for the lady and, and the lady starts telling him, she begins to tell, you know, hey, how can you pray for me? You smoke weed and you do this and you do this stuff like that. Sister, see, I just laugh right there. It ain't funny, but it's kind of funny, right? So she tells him that he smokes weed. She tells the board member he smokes weed. Right? So we like, no, that's not brother such and such. He don't do that. Right? And so she tells him about affairs that he had. Right? And so, we just think it's the devil. The devil's talking through the woman, you know, and she's lying on the man. Oh, she wasn't lying. Because it took a while for it to come out. But it came out. A few, a little while later, he was smoking weed. And him and his wife split up because he was cheating on his wife. Right? So how did the devil know that? Because you gotta understand, spirits are, listen, they, they don't like, they hang around for they eternal beings. All right? So they can be, maybe she was over there hanging out where he was when he was doing it or through their communication network, whatever, but she <laughs> she snitched on him. Right? So then there was another time. What was this? Okay, so another time, and understand the church that I came out of, the old Christian Life Center church, uh, the, the sanctuary was set up almost just like this. So imagine I'm up here preaching in about, about this seat right here. Right, and this seat right here. There's a girl. I mean, let me let me let me tell you how crazy this is. Let me watch this. This is nuts. God, I don't I don't, I don't use to tell it, but I got to tell it because a lot of times people don't want to believe it, right? So I am the day before. I don't West Timer with a friend of mine, right? We're out on West Timer, and and he's uh, he's a, a Christian rap artist. So we're at the studio, and we're we're uh, he's recording some stuff, and I'm just hanging out with him. New wine, right? So then. Uh, we go to the, uh, it was a, a Valero. We go to the Valero, we're getting Gatorade. And we're gonna go back up to the studio. So there's this girl in the Valero with this guy. And I could tell that the guy was like, you know, their relationship wasn't, it wasn't a good relationship. She was like either prostituting or she needed him. It was a, a situation like that, right? And so, uh, I, I thought to myself, again, I just said, man, that's sad. And so I kinda like prayed. Right? Sometimes I don't pick up stuff like that. I kind of just prayed a little bit. God, you know, help, you know, whatever, deliver, do, you know, whatever. Then we went on back over to the studio. So this is the Thursday, right? So then Friday night, that's when we used to have our service. Friday night, I come here 
and who's sitting in my service right there? This is Aldine Melrow. She come from West Timer to Aldine Melrow sitting right there in that seat. Right? And so, uh, so here we're, we're there and I didn't make, you know, really nothing of it. So I start preaching. And if I'm in, and, and I've seen it happen like when times like this, when I'm talking about it, that's when they'll show up. They're like, ah, you know, you busted me, you know, something like that, right? So I'm standing there and I'm, I'm talking and whatever and I'm teaching about some spiritual things, reading some scriptures and y'all know I make jokes all the time no matter what I'm talking about, right? That's just me because I, you need to understand that, that life is real, life is true, right? Right? So you need to understand that it is what it is. These things happen and it is what it is, right? Yeah. So I'm there and I'm talking and I'm cracking on these you know, cracking on the scriptures, and I think I was talking about the part. No, that was the other time. I don't remember what I was talking about. But anyway, the girl, she starts, she, she throws her hair down in front of her face, and she just starts doing her head like that. Remember that, mama? She starts doing her head like that, right? And she's just waving her head in the front. All of a sudden, she got up and she left. She walked out. I don't know, Lenny, I'm, I'm preaching. You know, I don't know what's happening. So then, she's gone out. I'm here, right? We do the rest of the message. I'm praying for people. Was you there that night? You don't remember? Okay, so I'm, I'm doing the rest of the message and I'm praying for everybody else. So then one of my, my guys, one of my assistants, he comes and he tells me, he's, he comes back in the room and I'm, I'm here. I'm praying for people doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? He comes in, he says, Pastor, he says, there's this girl out in the lobby and she's manifesting some major demons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember that, right? So then I tell him, I tell him, I tell him, I say, well, dog, we'll be there in a minute. I got to finish praying for these other people, right? So, so this, this is what I want you to understand. This gets people all excited in the uproar. You don't get excited about it. You don't know, uproar about it, right? Because Jesus is victorious over the devil, right? So I don't, the devil, I don't make you make me act no other kind of way. Devil, you wait and we'll deal with it because she might not even want the things to come out. She might want to go back home with him, right? But these other people have chosen to come here and get set free or whatever's going on. We're praying for them healing or whatever like that. So then we go out in the foyer and uh, the girl, she's standing there. So they all trying to, you know, pray for her, whatever this is and this and this. So then I start praying. And uh, and so then I, I forgot what I say, you know, standard devil casting out <laughs> verbiage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I say it, whatever. So then she like kind of collapses to the floor. Remember that? And she hits this move and like does like her body like a snake and hit a slither between us moving on the ground like that. You know, like humans can't do that. Right. So she hits this move and gets to between there. We pray for her some more. Talk to her. She kind of snaps out of it a little bit. She didn't really get delivered. She went on back to the house or whatever. She didn't want to. She didn't want to be through with it. Right. So there's one thing you got to understand. It's up to you. Right. Situation like this happened. It's up to you. Right, you gotta want. Right? A lot of times you feel like somebody in bondage like that, they shouldn't, they should want to. Sometimes they don't want to. Alright? So then there's a, here's the last time, last thing, and then we'll move on. Good education for y'all. You've never Amen. been through that, right? Amen. So, I was in, we was in the youth service. Right? So again, and I remember what I was doing this time. I was, I was talking about the story in the Bible where the, uh, uh, the guy says, uh, he comes to Jesus, he says, listen, I need you to cast the devil out of my son. He throws himself over into the fire, and he does all these different types of things. He's like, you know, my son's got problems. Now, now raise your hand if you got a kid throwing himself over in the fire. You got yourself a situation. 
right? Every time you got to keep, boy, come out that fire. You know what I mean? You got to keep getting them out the fire. You got a problem. So I'm just like I'm doing with y'all. Because it ain't that, ain't no big deal to me like that, right? It is what it is. Jesus is victorious. Jesus is Lord. So you ain't scared of all that. You can groan, make faces, do, ah, 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 whatever. I'm not scared about that stuff, right? You can't do nothing to me, right? Okay, so listen. So I'm talking, I'm talking about a story and I say this. This, I remember what I said. I said, think about it. Think about you got a kid and you know, you got a house full of people. And the kid runs over and grabs a watermelon and takes a big chunk out of it, throws it up against the ceiling and runs out the door, right? I said that, right? So everybody's cracking, they're laughing. I'm trying to teach with humor, right? And so uh, the little girl, you know, she she comes down front. That was about finished. We're praying. So I'm standing up on the platform like this, and I stretch my hand to pray for her, and she slapped my hand. Me and the girl's cool the whole time. They're like, we cool. She's a cool church kid. You know, and, I, and so she slapped my hand. I was like, oh, the message must have, you know, really made her emotional. I didn't think nothing else of it. So then, <laughs> so then I keep doing, I keep praying. Somebody, yes, now they wound up in my office. So my office was like in the back of the, this, this youth sanctuary, right? So then somebody goes, I think some of the girls took her back there to pray with her because she was crying or whatever, like they took her back there. So then I'm still up here praying, and then I see the pastor come through the door. We had a little door on the side, remember, in the little chapel over there. And so the pastor come move, walking real fast through the door, and two or three other, other board members, they come behind him, and they going over to my office. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, something must be going on back there, right? The little girl must really, really be emotional. So, you know, I got an office with people. It's my office, <laughs> right? It's my office. I want to know what's happening back there. So you know what? I'm going. I don't care if you pass it back there or not. This is my office. You gave me this office. I'm checking out. I look through the door, right? And the little girl's 13, sweet little girl, right? And so they're trying to pray for a hole. And she wouldn't do that at home. She slung him against the wall. Boom. Slung him against the wall. She started kicking my desk. I'm like, that's mine. <laughs> to ten of my stuff. So she kicked dents in my desk. They messed up my office, wow. right? That's okay, because I got a new office out the whole thing. I made it look nice. They got a new desk. I painted the walls. My friend came and decorated. It's the best office I ever had out the whole situation, right? But I've seen it happen. So I know it's real. I know it's true. I was at a church in Patton Village preaching one time. And uh, the lady came up to me, and she told me she had her. Now, listen to this. Now, this, this is no joking around with this. The little girl, she was probably five or six, right? And she tells me, she says, and man, it still breaks my heart to this day. She says, my granddaughter at night when she's sleeping, she sees tigers. That's what she said. You might say, man, it's a little kid. They got imagination. It wasn't that type of situation. And I could tell the way, the way the grandmother told me and looking at the little girl, the presence of God being right there, God told me this is what's happening. There's some demonic stuff happening, right? So then we pray for her and, and peace of God came and, and that was that. So, again, you see crazy stuff on TV. Some people, they, they make money off of it or whatever like that. But it's, it's no laughing matter when somebody is going through that t- kind of oppression. Because when you see this, you're seeing a manifestation. Somebody will say, it's the manifestation of the, the demon. That's right. right? That means it's outward, it's exposed. But what you're not seeing is how it's destroying the person's life when it's not exposed. That makes sense? Yeah. Right? So, um, there, there are cases in the Bible where Jesus cast the devil out of somebody. And it caused them to be able to hear. Yeah. Yep. Right? So it was called, it was people being deaf. Mm-hmm. 
it causes them to be able to hear. Right. And so you got other people that, that it causes them to have addictions. Not every addiction is through demonic possession. Right. right. But in some cases, yes. So then you, you know, hey, look, you pray for them. You they get delivered and and they're free. Right. Uh, and in all of these cases, there are there is something that somebody was doing that caused this person to have this situation happen to them. Um I guess, I mean, this is what we need to talk about this morning for some reason. Um, in church, we like to use a lot of words that nobody knows what in the world we're talking about, right? But people that go to church. So I try to, to define these words. People talk about leaving, having open doors, right? Or you open a door for something. There are certain things, there are certain things that you shouldn't do. Certain places you shouldn't go and certain folks you shouldn't bring in your house, all right? So the obvious ones are you shouldn't be going to get your palms read, right, right? All that astrology and palm reading, all that, that's uh, a piece of uh, witchcraft, right? You shouldn't be going and doing that. Um, what else? You shouldn't be playing with Ouija boards, right? Even if they make them pink for the kids for Christmas. You shouldn't be playing with that, right? Tarot cards, you shouldn't be doing none of that stuff. Right. Um, we shouldn't be going to psychics. Right. We got God's version is called the prophet. Right. Horoscopes, all this kind of stuff. Consulting the stars. Now, God, the horoscopes have a biblical purpose. I mean, the stars and the actual whatever constellations or whatever, they have a biblical purpose. Right. But it's not for us to be predicting, you know, we match up with these people. And this, no, it's not all that kind of stuff. We should be doing it. Oh, man, yeah, kudanderas, man. We ain't, we ain't going to that kind of stuff. No eggs and all of this kind of stuff. Cooking eggs and cracking eggs, that's demonic. That's witchcraft. We, we don't supposed to do that, okay? So when you get yourself involved in these things, in these various things, and that's not the, that's not the exhaustive list of it, but when you get yourself involved in these things, then that opens up the door for these things to happen. Right. So so listen, we don't do that. It doesn't matter what somebody else tells you that it's OK and this will fix the problem. No, our faith is in Jesus. That's he's going to fix the problem. All right. So quick lesson on on possession or whatever like that. Just not even a lesson, but quick. Now, you don't have to be possessed to have your life jacked up by demonic activity. Exactly. In the church, they say he's oppressed. That's what they say at church. I just say you're influenced. You're influenced. The devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And when we live a lifestyle that caters to him, what's going to happen is he, he feels like you're inviting him in to be the Lord. What did he want from Jesus when Jesus was on the, on the mountain that time? He told Jesus, I want you to worship me. Satan wants to be worshipped the way God is worshipped. That's why he got kicked out of heaven. His goal is to be worshipped, right? So, when, so whenever you consult his stuff, he feels like this is an opportunity. Oh, you want to be? You choosing me to be your 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 God? That's the way it comes out. You're choosing me. So, listen, it, it, I, I will ex, I will extend my power. Same thing he told Jesus. I'll I'll give you power, right? If you will submit to me, I'll give you power. Right. And so that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to submit to him so he can give you power. Right. right? Now, the only thing about the devil's power is, you don't, you listen, he, you got to pay. Yeah. 
You got to pay. At some point, it's going to cost you something. At some point, you're dealing with the devil, it's going to cost you. You think, oh man, something great. Now, we won't just come out and say, I made a deal with the devil. Nobody really does that, all right? But it's your actions and the way the things you're submitting to, right, that are just like, hey man, that's devilish stuff that you're messing with. And the devil doesn't care whether you knew what was going on or not. He don't care. The only thing about with him is that, man, you open the door, I'm coming in, I'm fixing to wreak havoc in your house, and you're, I'm going to mess your house up, right? And so, uh, talking about possessing your vessel, right? Possessing your vessel. You, listen, you are the most valuable thing that there is. That's why Jesus Christ came and died for you, right? Because he wants you to be his, he wants to have a relationship with you, and listen, he wants to have... A home inside of you, right? Yeah. I was listening to Kenneth Copeland tell this story. Pastor Ben, you bought my size. You're pretty close to my size. Come here real quick. Uh, uh, Kenneth Copeland was telling a story in the, from the book of Genesis. You remember when God first created man, right? Yeah. And so, uh, let's go there. Let's go to Genesis, the creation of man. Let's read that scripture right quick. And Pastor Ben, you're going to stay right here with me. We're going to do an example. Genesis, uh, I think it's, is it, let us make a man in our image after our likeness. And God breathed and the man became. That's the point I want to see God breathe and the man became. That's 126. 126? What's it say, 126? Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our. Let the man have dominion. What's the part when he breathed? So God, God created man in his own image and the image of God created him male and female, blessed them, said, multiply the earth and Maybe second chapter, when God breathed and the man became. Find, find that scripture. Okay, so God decided he was going to make man, right? And he said, let us make man in our image and our likeness, right? So he wasn't, he wasn't talking to, he wasn't talking to nobody else but himself because there wasn't nobody else around, right? Two seven. He wasn't talking to us because there wasn't nobody else around, right? He wasn't asking the angels for permission. He was, he was talking to himself. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, no, I'm need. I'm gonna make another example. Okay, uh, y'all two come here real quick. Lenny, come up here real quick. Okay, you stand right there, face me. All right, Pastor Lord, come stand right in, hold this microphone. You two get behind me. You stand right there on the step and hold the microphone in my direction. Okay, so Father, Son, Holy Ghost, come on up this way right there. So. God says, the Father, let's make man in our image and in our likeness, right? His three different characteristics. So the Bible says that, what did he say? He formed man out of the dust of the ground. So the Lord formed the man out of the dust of the ground, right? So he forms up the man, gets him, gets him right. And so Ken uh, Copeland is telling the story, and it goes to the next part of the verse. It says, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So he talks about if the man had a nostrils, then the man had to have a face, right. right? It wasn't just a nose floating around the air and God breathed into a nose, right? So if he had to have a face, he had a face, he had a head. The head got to be connected to somebody, right? So God says, we're going to form this man out of the dust of the ground. He breathed into his nostrils a breath of life and man became a living soul. So I'm going to hook you, okay? We'll pull your head back. Uh, my face going to get close to yours, but I don't, we ain't going to do that, okay? <laughs> Come here. Come here. Back. Right. So God, he says he saw God like this. He's holding this man. Right? 
And he says that when he looked at it, he said it looked like, because God made the man in his image or his likeness, and he said that, he said this, and it shook me to my core. He said that God was holding this thing, and he said it looked, it looked like God had made this thing for himself. Did you hear that? He says it looked like God, he's holding this body, lifeless body up, and it looked like God had made this thing for itself. So God breathed, and the man became. So listen, God makes this body. Who's got a jacket on in here? Nobody got a jacket on in there? Jeff, come here, Jeff. You got to participate now. <laughs> right? Okay. So God makes this body in his image and his likeness, and he, and he gets this body, and he breathes life into this body. Yeah. Right? What life did he breathe? He breathed the life of God into the lifeless body. Amen. Amen. And then the man became what? He became just like God. Read, read Genesis 1, 26, 27. We're talking about possession. We're talking about real estate. Mm-hmm. Who owns the real estate? How people are looking for this real estate. You got that? Yeah, yeah that's good. Right? So, the, so he breathed the life and the man became. God wanted to possess. Not from the point I'm going to make you do it. He wanted inhabitation. He wanted habitation of the man. Okay, Jeff, hold your place right there. We got Genesis 1, 26, 27. All right, somebody else... Uh, go to Colossians one twenty six and uh, one twenty seven. Go there. Okay, so he breathed into him, right? So before, now remember, he was lifeless. Jeff, take that jacket off. Hold the mic. Keep holding the mic. Okay, so this jacket right here, right now, Jeff, come up here. This jacket right here, right now, can't do nothing. Sorry, Jeff. Nice. Right. <laughs> okay. okay, so if we tell this jacket right now. Worship the Lord. Lift up your hands. Is it not responding, is it? No. It ain't doing nothing, is it? Uh, make a right turn signal. People don't do that no more. <laughs> right? Make a right turn signal. Jump up and down. The jacket can't do nothing. Now, what happens when we put the life of God into the jacket? Lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Make a make a left turn signal. <laughs> right? So now with life inside of the jacket, it can do stuff. Yeah. But before the jacket, step over that way. Before the jacket gonna be lifeless again, the jacket couldn't do nothing. Yeah. Right? God breathed into the jacket. Now all of a sudden the jacket's come to life. Wave your hand. The jacket can do everything it couldn't do before. Right? So, so listen. Jeff, did you buy this jacket? Somebody gave it to you. I bought it. Okay. So Jeff had to pull this jacket off of the rack. Yeah. Right? He had to go and be willing to choose the jacket and purchase the jacket. Okay. He paid for the jacket. Amen. Jesus Christ purchased this real estate. Not with money, but with his blood. Right? And so listen, the devil, listen, he's a thief and a robber. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came and purchased with the perfect sacrifice. The devil wants to steal you away from what the rightful owner who you've been paid for by. Right? Possession. But God tells us, made in his image and in his likeness, possess your own vessel. Have self-control. Right? Amen. Get over here. Thank you.
Okay, so this is a good introduction to this. I'm going to go over now. I'm going to read the scripture, and then I'm going to go over what we're going to cover the rest of the way. And then we're going to finish for the morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is a scripture where we're coming from. It says here, starting verse 1, 1 Thessalonians 4.1. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you have received from us, how you ought to walk and to please God. So he's telling, now he's, he's talking about how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave through the Lord Jesus. Verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Say be sanctified. I guess the issue that they was having, that he was speaking to at the time, was abstaining from sexual immorality. It could be whatever issue. We talked about that last week. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Right? Now watch this last point. That no one should take advantage of or defraud his brother. Hmm. Right? So he's going on going on to something else, but that's exactly what happens when you don't possess your vessel, you get taken advantage of. Yep. Right? So again, we went over last week the importance of possessing the vessel. What we're gonna learn the rest of the way is how to possess your vessel. So you can write this down. It's gonna be two things. The first thing is gonna have several dots up underneath of it. So it'll be like one, this is gonna be one A. Number one is feed your spirit. Feed your spirit. This is how you possess your vessel. How you, how you control yourself in the Lord. Amen. As a Christian. Feed your spirit. Okay? So one A of feeding your spirit is pray regularly. Pray regularly. Uh, 1B is pray in the Holy Ghost. Okay. In order to be able to pray in the Holy Ghost, you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're a Christian, you got the Holy Ghost. We're going to talk about this baptism in the Holy Ghost and all that. We're going to go over that some too in this process. Uh, was that I said as 1B? Yes. 1C would be build your faith. Build your faith. That's 1C. One D would be speak the word. My wife's going to love this, this one E. One E, everybody got to speak the word in one D. One E is anchor your heart through praise. Then number two is control your thought life. Number two is control your thought life. So 2A would be remove negative influence influences and known temptations from your life. Remove negative influences 
and known temptations from your life. All right. To be in controlling your thought life is think on whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is holy, whatsoever is a good report. Just put just put down think on whatsoever is pure. Dot dot dot. It's a scripture. I'm gonna give it to you. You or you can Google it. But I'm, we're gonna go over each one of these. So the next few things we're gonna go over. And how to possess your vessel. That's what we're going to look at. How to build build yourself up spiritually. Right? And control your thought life. If you do those things. If I didn't tell you nothing else. And you went home and you looked at what I've already said. You would say, yeah, that would do it. But we're going to go into some details on what each one of those look like. Okay? So we're going to learn how to possess our vessel. Because let me tell you something. Again, you are prime real estate. Right? The war, everything going on, this whole spiritual war is over your real estate. That's right. It's over your real estate. God made man, he said, I'm going to make man after our image and after my likeness. God went through the whole process. The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. He did everything to make us perfect. Right? He went through the, he did the work. Have you ever worked hard for something? And then somebody tried to steal it from you. You don't like that, do you? Right? So then, God worked hard. Put put in the work. For man. And the devil come try to steal the man that God made. So God did it the right way. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I come in through the, come in the right way. He said, all that come the other way is a thief, thieves and robbers. The devil is a thief and a robber. He wants to steal the real estate that God owns. That's you. And this is what we're talking about. So God says to you, listen, because the the devil will try to, when he comes in to possess, he's going to try to make you do what he wants to do. God says, no, if you submit to me and do what I ask you to do, we can work together through life. And he cuts covenant with you. He says, I'll bless you. You obey me, I'll bless you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to look after you. Right? This is a, 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 a partnership. Right? The devil don't have no partnership. He want to run you in the ground and kill you. Yeah. Right? So we're going to look at that. God, but God says it's up to you. You got to do the work. You got to possess your own vessel. And he gives us everything. The Bible says that in, uh, I think it's First Peter. He says, I've given you everything that pertains unto life and godliness. We have everything to, to control ourselves. You can You can't do it. I just can't stop. Yes, you can. If you do these things we're going to go over with, you, you, you done, you good. You'll be on the right place. But when you stop doing it, that's when you have problems. Exactly. Amen? Amen? Amen. What's good, good for this one? Good for this one. Yeah. <clears throat> we kind of went a different way than I wanted to go. I want to spend more time on the other things, but I think that was a good education. 